la la la. We are starting now. We are. We are already recording, so this all stays in. Sure. <laughs> I'm Asrudi. And I'm Jan Schweiger. And this is episode three. Yep, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Intro. So, Oz. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited about the topic that we're going to discuss. What is the topic then? Uh, hiring. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, it's something that we both encountered in our own organizations uh, throughout the years being interviewed or interviewing other people for their role, participating in interviews. And mm -hmm. uh, this is something that is very much key. Uh, well, I think in any industry, but we know ours. Um, yeah, to be able to do um, the right interview process and do hiring properly. Mm -hmm. Because um, we all know, or maybe it's worth noting, that if you hire a wrong person, then it really affects badly on your organization uh, morality-wise, uh, The motivation uh, on the team, uh, it costs, uh, I guess, uh, time and energy and, and money. And even the, the change within the team uh, requires a lot of effort when someone uh, joins and when someone leaves. So it's really, really important, I think, in both our perspectives to do hiring very well. Yeah. So if I understand you correctly, then our topic today is hiring from the companies or the organization side and not from like uh, interviewing, like me going to an interview and being interviewed yes. by. So the interviewer, not the interviewee perspective. Yeah. And I guess there's some disclaimer here. So we're not professional recruiters um, and there's this whole world out there with that expertise. We have our own opinion about it. It doesn't really matter for this episode specifically, but we are talking about the hiring process when you do it in the company that you're in. So when you're responsible or taking part of that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about recruiting or anything. No. We're just going to talk about the moment the CV lands somewhere, what's the right timeline, maybe right. what is a good process, how to hire a person, um, how to create, um, I don't know, at least from my perspective, I would love to share about how to create this less biasy type of interview process. Yeah, that's a good and, idea. Um, yeah, and in the end, we'll probably touch culture um, all over the place, but uh, I think culture deserves its own episode. Yeah. So we'll basically say a lot of culture, but I guess we're not going to really touch it fully. Right, because it's a huge topic and it, yeah. it does deserve its own episode. I think it's really important for our listeners to know a bit about the context of which companies we come from uh, and what type of experience we have in hiring. Because actually, in uh, this episode, this is quite different. So yes. we've hired, we have different experience in that, uh, within the roles or the number of interviews we've conducted. Mm -hmm. um, but the interesting part is, is that I was interviewing for a role that I don't have the specific expertise for. So I'm a product owner and I've been trying to hire a product designer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you have any product designers in your organization? And not at the moment, no. So. It, oh, wow. Yeah, so in, in that sense, we... Um, maybe I didn't have like a lot of numeric experience, but I've experienced a lot of uh, problems and troubles and challenges around that because uh, it really brings you to the core when it's not natural for you and you can't really assess the expertise uh, that you're trying to, to achieve. And in that sense, I think it was like a huge jump or like in that curve of, of learning 
uh, for me. And this is also why it's super interesting for me to talk about this today. Yeah, yeah, because I have uh, ideas about that. And I basically, I'll share it later about when to hire and when not to hire, what are red flags. But there is one big red flag for me that I will share it already now. If you, if you don't know if the person can do the job, then that's always a no. Like if a person doesn't seem professional enough, mm-hmm. or if you think, I really like this person, but that person cannot fulfill this position, I can't hire that person. But sometimes in startups, it's not really a good uh, reference point. That's true. Yeah, because they scale really fast or they've changed a lot or the team changes a lot uh, a lot faster in startups because they're small and if one or two people leave and another two uh, join, then it's a completely different team or your focus was different. Um, so from my perspective, uh, the way that sometimes you know that you need a new role that you didn't have before, for example, or a specific type of skill is when you look, uh, you have some kind of overview of what work has been done in which obstacles you had, mostly. And sometimes there is a common thread to those. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, okay, well, if I solve that skill or that gap, then everything else would be better enabled. Yes. And this is exactly where we're at uh, at this point. I won't disclose the details, but basically we had some kind of gap and we realized that we need a specific type of skills. And that that's when we realized, all right, so it's not something we can like uh, bridge the gap with just some extra work within the organization because none of us have those skills and that professional experience and we just need the expertise around it because if we set it in the beginning of the process and when we define things, then we save a lot of effort like along the way and a lot of mistakes that we have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another way. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. It doesn't mean that... So it's not a startup thing. It's also yeah. a, a big organization thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I started with planning, but it was also where I was planning to go. Right. So it's not... Of course, it's, you don't... This is more organical growth or from engineering perspective. You can take a look and say, okay, these are the amount of features we need to create. This is what mm-hmm. we need. And that's a skill set that we will need as well. Um, going back to my Elastic example, for example, if you implement search... You've never done Elasticsearch before. You probably yeah, that's would need from episode someone. two. Yeah, episode two mentioned that. I think even episode one. I always have my search example. <laughs> Anyhow, if you want to do uh, search and you want to hire a person who actually knows search, like an engineer, it's it becomes very tricky if you get to the point where you realize that the team doesn't have the skill set. And there are two ways to go with it. One is to find a person that likes it and 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 build the skill or send that person to whatever workshopy conference, mm-hmm. um, find a mentor. But that's kind of like knowing that you're hiring a junior for that. Yes, that's knowing that you're hiring a junior, <laughs> which is an expe- expensive process. And you might not always want that because you, you're refurbishing a, most likely a senior developer to become junior. So you're losing a skill set. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess the, the discussion of uh, junior versus senior is, well, maybe a part of what we're talking about today. But let's let's not dive into this. So Yeah. Yeah. And we're already deep in the episode, so maybe we should... Okay, so let's say... <laughs> yeah, I guess we discover a long time. Yes. Um, let's say that we've had all those other reasons. Someone left, or the organization can't scale anymore, so we realize that we need to add mm-hmm. a new level of management if that's needed as well. So oh, there is a blah, gap. Blah, planning, there's a gap. Yeah, and a lot of people now would say, all right, then just you know, post a description. You can take something uh, that exists in other websites, just take an existing description, uh, copy, paste, maybe alter the name a little bit, and just put it out there. Okay. And that's a a (laughs) no-no. That is a no-no, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason for that, I don't know, maybe it's clear to some people, but it's worth noting, is that your organization at this point in time has specific requirements and needs. 
And that job description needs to be tailored exactly to that. Because in that job description, you are basically, it's the first point of communication yes. with, with the candidate, uh, the person who might join your team, to set the expectation of what, what exactly is that you expect from them to bring into the team and what they can hope to gain from it. Yeah, and also that's something that I also, also try to, to tell the people I work with. It's the concept of this is a job advertisement. You want to advertise mm -hmm. the job to a person. You want someone to read it and say, oh, this is a product that I'm willing to actually participate. Like, because you're basically telling a person, hey, we're expecting that you will, um, I don't know, um, basically waste quotes, right? I'm quoting here in a podcast, so no one yeah. says it. You're going to actually just use some of your time for something that you don't know if you're going to get a job in the end or not. Right. You're going to invest maybe, I don't know, five to ten hours, depends on whatever The process you process, have, right? Yeah. But it, let's say five is actually like a good average amount of time to 10, which is mm -hmm. very common here in Berlin, I, I'd say. And that's where we're from. Yeah. And so you're asking someone to invest a lot of time. So what you want is to convey what is the position, what is going to be the interview about. So when the first interview is actually happening, if you feel or like as, a, as an a, as an interviewer, that you're asking questions and, and that person is not prepared, mm -hmm. don't always assume that the person is not prepared because the person is not prepared. If you've copy-pasted yeah. something from a different place, then the person might have just actually prepared for what you've posted and then that person came into the interview right. and you're setting that person up for failure right. and yourself as well. Yeah, that's true. And this is where we, we talked before and we would, I guess, talk again and again about the fact that communication is a key part. And this is a relationship. So people that you work with, full-time or not, you have relationships with. And the relationship starts not when the person joins your team after you finish the hiring process, but in that first moment of the job advertisement. And I like that you say advertisement because actually it kind of states that, yeah, you're looking for someone to help you, but you have to convey why they would want to work for you, why they would should invest the time even coming in speaking to you and joining your company. Yeah, and, and it's, as a, I, and it's I think more from, respectful also to look at this like from uh, two ways, uh, like the two point of views. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a buyer's market. It's not a seller's market. So when I post a job, uh, a job advertisement and someone comes into the office, that person chose to be there. Yeah, and some people forget that in companies. Yes. It's like, oh, we're wonderful and we're great. We are Anyone amazing and we have table to tennis and all that crap. Yeah. Um, but in the end, in the end, in the end, you're, you're basically having an interview and you're interviewing a person, that person is interviewing you as well. And if that person is good, that person is actually just going to be out there in the market for maybe three companies. Because sending CVs, if you're a good candidate, mm -hmm. you're going to get at least two out of three. Yeah. And then when that you interview a person, you need to realize this is not just me interviewing the person. The person is interviewing me and that person in the end makes a decision. Right. And it's really, really painful to go through a process where you think you found the person and then the person leaves right. and that doesn't take the job. And, and that's why preparing even the job description uh, from the beginning in, in a way that is very honest, very clear um, and is uh, well communicating what, what this would be is also a good point because sometimes during an interview process with a candidate, they find out something that they didn't think uh, that was included or something like that. And then they 
um, might have a different motivation after that, or they wouldn't want to take the job, and then it's a waste of time for both of you. So in that sense, you're also filtering even the CV that come in onto your desk. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. Just FYI, before you even go there, just yeah. a quick minor thing. Um, it's okay to use other job descriptions oh, of course. as reference point. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Everyone does it. But it's not okay to just say, I'll just take Spotify. Yeah. No, if someone, example. If yeah. someone wrote a responsibility or a sentence that you feel uh, describes exactly what you want to say, take it. Yeah. yeah I, I can tell you that, yeah, of course, me and friends of mine and you too, like... We take a lot, and the thing is, you make your own mesh. <laughs> exactly. And you should go still word by word and see if it fits you. And sometimes it's easier to edit something than to completely make it up. And you don't need to make it up. It's just a, yeah, no, a waste of don't. time. It's a waste of time. But make sure that whatever is out there is you completely own it. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it, it fits the, the, the values and, 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 uh, and the culture that you have mm -hmm. and basically the success criteria of that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, All right, so you have tons of CVs landing in your inbox and you had your day and week uh, planned out with meeting and stuff. And the first thing I would want to say to our listeners is that you have to read those CVs uh, immediately. So you have to make sure you make time when you're within a hiring process to take a look at those as soon as they get into your inbox. Yeah, and as a person who read like seriously like 300 of them, a recommendation. I know it's cliche to, the to interviews. say it. to the, to the interviewer. Yeah. yeah. Um, to the interviewees. Interviewees, so, yeah. yeah. The people who send the CV. Please, please, please remove anything that is just irrelevant there. Yeah. And CVs are the exact opposite. It's your advertisement for a job. Mm -hmm. And when you send a CV, the interviewer is actually going to take a look at your CV and ask you questions about things you've done. So if you have things there that you don't feel comfortable talking about or you don't want to talk about or things that you don't want to do, just remove it. It's dead weight and it's just going to make mm -hmm. the interview less fluent and less fun, less fluid. And this is going to make it more strict because when yeah. I asked a person about, oh, you have this uh, position of QA, is it something that you're interested in? He said, no, I prepared some questions about that. Right. So it's, it's your point of communication also to the person who's reading of what your intentions are. And then that sense, maybe in a nutshell, it's, way more uh, productive to prepare or adjust your CV to and then to a position and send yeah. to a fewer positions that you're more interested in than just send your CV to 100 positions and not change anything because that's just uh, decreases your chances. Okay, so we have a CV. We have a CV. We took a look at it. Um, I don't know if you want to go into like how we screen those CVs uh, because I guess nah. it's really specific to the role. So yeah. maybe let's not let's, do that. Let's drop that. Yeah. So... We have a CV, we filter that, we put it in the good pile. Yeah. And now the connection starts. Yeah. Let's talk about processes of interviews and how we do that, maybe. What's the difference between your process and mine, good, bad, experience, and whatnot? Well, I guess the one thing that's worth noting is that sometimes when you start out, you don't have a process. Mm -hmm. and um... Because you work in a startup. Yeah, and but in other companies too where it was like, larger companies mm -hmm. um maybe you had a process but it's not really fine-tuned mm -hmm. and my point around that isn't that not that you have to when you write the job description you have to like sit and make a process <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. it's more important to 
say who's involved in that and stay flexible because it's if if it's the first time that you open up this type of position there's a learning curve anyway yeah and you should be willing and be prepared to make some mistakes along the way and maybe be able Always. to fix them yeah also even within this interview round sometimes mm -hmm. it happens i've have had places like in, in points in time where i call the candidate and said look we missed that i'm sorry i hope it's all right with you that we make this extra step and usually if you're human and communicate it well and the other person is actually interested it would be fine yeah so it's nothing is like uh determined not everything can be determined in advance that's my point it also depends on the candidate but i guess then determine who needs to be to take part or who needs to meet the person to what level or what depth they want to be a part of the interview process and if it makes sense because some people just want to be a part of it and it does not make sense and some people maybe try to manage their time better and think they don't need to, but actually they do because they would be working with that person a lot and they have expectations. So there should be one person who's responsible for this process. And that person also has the responsibility of not only coordinating this, like from an organizational perspective, like setting up the interview and making sure we have the notes, but actually from a qualitative perspective to have a look and say, Hey guy for marketing. Um, I think it's actually important that you send someone from the team because you would be working with that person a lot mm -hmm. and you haven't. So let's make sure that happens. It seems like very, um, it's very interesting what you're saying because it seems completely the opposite of the way I work. Hmm. Um, as I assume, because that's a small place and you basically are very dynamic for us. A lot of CVs are funneled in. And if we have, if we'll stop and think about that all the time, we'll not be efficient. And I think for you, having a process that's set in stone is, is not the right thing because it's basically just means that You'll just, it will slow you down. But for us, it, the process actually works for, for our advantage. And for engineering, for example, the process is very, very concise and, and, and I would say simple a bit. So when a CV lands and we put the CV on a good pile, we basically um, have a conversation with the person for 30 minutes just to mm -hmm. see what's going on, who that person is. Um, if what's the interest if, if, if there's a good chemistry between the person and the hiring manager and another engineering manager so we mm -hmm. can kind of reduce biases as well mm -hmm. so two people phone call explaining about our organization what we do a person explains what interesting yeah what they do we're done after that um, for and this is only for engineering by the way uh, we have a home test that's very very simple I would say mm -hmm. um, and it's something that I would actually Full honestly, uh, full honesty, um, I would love to remove as well, but mm -hmm. never mind. But we do send a home test for one mm -hmm. hour. After that, we have a pair programming session um, remotely. So until now, we haven't even met the person. So the person actually moved forwards uh, without us knowing uh, we've seen the person or like had any, I don't know, he reminds me of someone else that I feel like something about ah. that. We don't have, we ask for people not to send photos or age in their CVs. Um, we basically try to keep this as um, more assessment-y um, yeah. than anything else. But then after that, after the pair program session, if that goes well, we have an inside day. And an inside day, this is where the the hiring manager and the, the manage, like the, the hiring team, mm -hmm. they get to spend some time with the person to ask some questions, but not just. So we yeah. have the product met, like so basically we, we strive to be a product team. So the idea is the UX designers that are going to work with that person or the product person. And also other people, because mm -hmm. we're an organization, people move around, we want to know that all's good. So we have this kind of four-hour day 
where people actually get to ask some questions. To meet in person. To meet, yeah. It's not, it doesn't have any technical stuff. There are some code discussions that are not technical, yeah. more like, hey, what do you prefer, um, preferences, um, what did you do? But none of it is actually, hey, go to the whiteboard, unit test it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's basically the process. Right. It's funny because, um, so, yeah, as I told, as I said before, so uh, I've been mostly interviewing the current company I work for, but I've participated also in interviews in other companies, so I have seen the process. And honestly, it's uh, not that far from what you're describing, but the first step is always to meet the person. And I yeah. know, and I know it's, uh, so you say, in order to avoid biases, and I totally get that, and I we have a lot to talk about in that sense because yeah. there are so many, and even as an, a very informed person who's trying to avoid biases, you still have biases uh, that are happening every day. But we have found out that, uh, well, at least in my experience, um, meeting a person in person, not over the phone, or maybe a Skype is fine, you know, to video chat with someone, but meeting a person, um, you can... Even if they're nervous, you can still see if there's basic chemistry. And I think this is something that you might miss when you do it in a way that is a bit more anonymous-like. So when you just observe the skills. And so there's always this discussion of what should come first. Because if you check for chemistry, uh, then you can have biases of how that person looks like, how old they are. Exactly. What I feel, um, yes. But also from a candidate perspective... Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an unanswered thing. Like because if you feel you have no chemistry or you don't like the people who are sitting in front of you or you don't like the office or whatever, then it's not worth to invest the rest of the time. Or on the other way around, if you weren't sure about the job description but you have this instant connection or interest and you felt the conversation was flowing, that it can indicate more on your day to day. And both sides would feel it's more. Uh, um, it's more worth it to invest that effort. Yeah, but the first step I actually mentioned was a phone call between the two engineering managers. So it is a Skype or a Google Hangout or a Oh, I thought call. maybe it's on the phone. But or... it's without the video feed. Mm-hmm. We really so take it that is into a call. account. It is a call to check chemistry. It's basically to, for us to introduce the company or the organization actually mm-hmm. that we work for, the person for, to introduce themselves. But we don't want to have visual um, bias. So we actually really do say... It's a call without video feed. Yeah, I get it. It's just that I find that for me to, for example, to to communicate to someone who I'm interviewing uh, that they could feel comfortable, I do that a lot with body language Mm -hmm. and not spoken language. Yeah, so you kind of have to double down on the spoken language. That's what yes, that's true. Okay, well, we can agree to disagree here. Yeah, it's different approaches. I totally see why why your way would work. But I guess this is also part of the point of the podcast. There are many ways of doing things, and you mm-hmm. should do whatever works for your company or experiment with whatever works for your company. Yes. And if you do it once, and you maybe should have milestones or checkpoints for yourself to see that you're not making those biases or assumptions. Uh, starting with being very clear of what you're looking for, and in that sense. If you're looking for someone who would work 60 hours a week, then it doesn't matter if it's a 40-year-old or a 20-year-old. But if someone is willing to do that, then yeah, take that into... I don't think someone is... uh, Like, if someone is willing to do that, I don't think the German government is willing to accept that. Yeah, that's a different discussion, I guess, within that market. But coming from the Israeli market, it's uh, very different. Yeah, we should have an episode about that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have our processes. Let's say, for example... Let's say, for example, now um, someone went through the process, mm-hmm. got to the final stage. What happens then? Yeah. 
So I can tell you from our, my side at least. Yeah. What we do is we do... And, oh, sorry, yeah? Yeah, and maybe just uh, if someone uh, does not go through all the stages, um, we can talk about it another time maybe, but it's important to communicate that in a very respectful way. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. to say maybe to, if you can, you can say why. Okay, yeah, because I've seen situations where we wanted to give some feedback, but the organization was very strict around it because they said... It creates an opening to many things or a discussion. So I guess meeting in the middle for whatever that is, if you do send a feedback, make sure it's thorough, also not very not biased, that it states clearly that it does mean that the process has ended mm -hmm. and in what way you can improve um, or what was the missing link, like a specific skill that was very much yeah. needed wasn't there. Right. Yeah, so, sorry. So person, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, the person went through the process of interviews. Yay. You're actually now in the final stage. So we went through your process or my process. It doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. right? But there is the last step, uh, the decision-making step. So for my side, at least I can share uh, that we are doing a retrospective type of thing where we basically have a conversation. We talk about what went well, what didn't work well. Mm -hmm. We cluster. the. So we basically take time. To, talk, to write in notes what we liked and didn't like at the same time. So we don't anchor our opinions. So we after, actually, after each step? No. Basically, yes. Um, well. It depends. Um, it depends. It depends on the position. Because for engineering, we have the first step. Uh, actually, the first three steps are very much standardized. Mm. We, the initial call... We present the organization, the department. It's more like to see, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a yes, that's a no. It's a mm. very kind of... Um, more discussion-based, it's not technical at all. And then we have two technical steps, which are simple. They're simple because there's a, a quantitative number you can actually assign. If we are looking for a person that's senior enough or not, defines like whatever the result is, but the test is always the same and the pair programming is always the same problem. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the inside day is more qualitative. Mm -hmm. So it's more actually, so that's where we do that. So for engineers, when we hire them in the end, We write what we liked, what we didn't like. After the inside day, we put it, and then after no, um, without discussing, discussing before, by the way, and then we go one by one to a whiteboard, say what we did like, cluster what we didn't like, cluster, and then we we ask several questions. And the most important question is, could that person do that job, and do we want to work with that person? Right, and this is actually where I learn from your perspective, which it works quite well. Um that it's very beneficial to go back to that job description. Yes. When you so you have your pros and cons or wonderful and worries. Yes. <laughs> however you name it. Yeah. Uh and in that sense you kind of maybe feel that the job description is something that was already used and, and you don't there is no point of there looking is a back point, at yeah. But if you have done this well and you've clarified it well and this was my learning from you, then um It's super beneficial to go back to that job description with your list and look what are the key things that we were hoping to gain from that person joining and whether the risks or the positives, do they match? Is it too yeah. much risk? And not even going into that whole culture debate, which we'll talk about in another episode, yes. but like whether that person would fit the job because sometimes you can like a person yep. and they uh you know check all the criteria or most criteria but still they meet the they don't hit the key points of what you were looking for 
Exactly. So when you cluster them, and, and for example, if for software engineers, you can cluster and see, oh, we like the project management, management skills. We actually like that that person is a good communicator. We liked all those things, but no one said anything technical about technical skills. And he doesn't know how to, he's not senior with in search. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. And lacking that person, exactly like, that. lacking the, the, senior, the seniority in search, that person yeah. has no uh, elastic search. So you're not filling that gap. Exactly. And in that sense, you're not enhancing what you want. Exactly. You don't infuse yeah. um, the thing you actually intended to infuse your organization with in the beginning. Yeah. And, and it's okay to make the decision, by the way, it's okay to hire that person still. Yeah. Because you, you think it's a good it fit. Explicitly. Yeah. It doesn't, it can't happen that you're making a decision decision without mm-hmm. actually making a decision. You hired a person because you like that person and you had all the other skills that you didn't even care about, but mm-hmm. then you hired a person, you expect that person to do something that that person can't. Yeah. That's setting up that person for, to fail and your organization to fail. Right. So but if, if, for example, two key points was uh, one seniority in, in search to so a specific skill that comes with experience that you're looking for. And the other one was to be able to produce more for example, yeah. and you, you just have to have a very honest discussion about whether it's worth yes. uh, to hire that person because maybe if they're a good fit to the team, then yeah, it can enhance the work and mm-hmm. it does uh, comply with a lot of things that you were wishing for. Yeah. But it does, you ha- do have to communicate it to people and to the organization that you did not hire that skill set that people were looking for. Exactly, which will probably, if we're talking about the planning situation, will slow down whatever you plan for. Right. Because yes. then you have less budget to actually mm. get that expertise, or you can solve it in a different way. Yeah, uh, generally, I'm 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 in favor of hiring people that are they're a good fit and they actually will benefit the organization. Right, because it's hard to find those yes. people, and if you do, even if it's not the the right thing right now, if you can manage around your budget to do that, then it's it saves you a lot of time later on. Of course, and and if you see someone with that with a potential. And you say, okay, I'm going to invest six months there, but that person can get to where I want, but that person is mm-hmm. a good fit. And there is a person that actually fits the job description, but is not a good fit culturally, or yeah. is not a good fit from the team dynamic. Then, then that's, that's a, a no. no. That's always a no. <laughs> and, and those are my two golden rules, is if there is a red flag, it's a no, immediately. Like if someone in the room says no, yeah. because something, something that is not working with our values, yeah. then it's always a no. And the other one is if that person doesn't have the skill set to do the job. Yeah. And skill set and potential are two different things, right? So if we're saying True. there is someone that has a that has elastic search experience but is not the senior we wanted, that's but everything else works and he is eager to learn or she is eager to learn, then we can actually make it work. If mm-hmm. someone is coming in and is amazing or she in project management, um in everything else but el- like search is something that he or she don't care about at all and they are not going to do that well and they don't have the basic skills to do that, then this is as hard as it is. It's either, okay, that person can be a developer if she or he or she has that skill set, but if that's not there as well, then that's always a no. Just have higher, to look it in the eye. Higher and, for professionalism yeah. is like just, I know it's difficult and um, I know how difficult it is once you're charmed by a person to not yeah. hire a charming person. But in the end, what you really want is someone that will be great to you, to the team, but also to the project. Yeah, I second that definitely. Yeah. And that hunch that no, you were saying, you know, it's you have to make sure that your process uh, avoids a bias of like um, 
like group thinking or people to just mm -hmm. say yes to something because there is someone who's powerful or like with a very strong voice in the team yes. that says this so there are ways to to do that and we can maybe i don't know post uh, I can, yeah i can post something i wrote about but basically Great. what we do is we don't talk about any anything in the end we just write it and then right. we have to write present and then present. We don't anchor opinions yeah and you do it one by one and in yeah. that sense like everyone has the voice even if in their own unique way mm -hmm. uh but my point is sometimes we uh put a lot of logic can process in this yeah. but you have to remember to listen to your gut oh, yes. and your gut could also have biases and like or be, really influenced, yeah. be influenced by biases and this is a whole another topic again yeah I know we keep saying that a lot but it is very it's constructed of it's multifaceted basically mm -hmm. um, but listen to your hunch yeah like listen to, to your gut whether something feels okay or wrong and even if you need to do an extra step to have another conversation or to have that person come again to the office just for a coffee or whatever, usually that's the best thing to do because yeah. um, you're making sure your investment is correct for the future. Yeah, use your processes as guidelines, but break them when you need to. Don't say, oh, we yes. got to the last step. We're not sure because something, but the process dictates interviews over, so we need to make a decision. Right, and I've done that quite recently, and that worked really well because, again, if you're human and you communicate that and you say, look, I don't have the expertise, or let's meet again just to be sure, or I feel like I have more questions that we didn't cover, I hope that's okay with you, mm -hmm. then you can find uh, the right way to do that. And if someone wants to work with you, and I think it's also, you know, not everything in your work, uh, like day-to-day -day work, is always comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's also a good way to see how that person responds to that. So I have, a, I have my last question for yeah. to you then. Um, basically, it's the concept of your hiring process. Are you accumulating people in the end and then you give the offer to, to the best person that you found? Or do you say, I found the right person, I'm hiring, and every other candidate I have on my pipeline, I'm shutting it down now? <sighs> Because a that's question. a it's a hard question because it uh, goes back to the timing thing, and I know that you recommend that from the moment of first contact until someone gets an offer, it should be no more than ten days. And I would say a week, but because I work in a big organization, I, I well, my, even in a small organization, if you have a couple of steps, you ha yeah. there are some coordination that have to happen, and sometimes like the other side needs to also make time for whatever a home test, even if it's like an hour or three hours mm -hmm. mentally, like definitely still. So it could take, it could take a little while. It shouldn't be too long because uh, yeah, it just not, it's disrespectful. I feel, um, I yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a good question because of that timing. Um, but, um, it's also, <laughs> it depends on the rate in which you get CVs, I guess, because if you got five, then you can do the, the, process in parallel but if you got one and then that person like is more advanced in that process and you get another one then you need to make a decision on what you do my perspective is continue the process for any new candidate that arrives on your desk until until you sign someone because oh yeah until be, someone yeah, signs until someone sure. signs until yes yeah even if you're in a in a final stage with someone and you have someone new like a new cv arriving to your inbox that looks promising you should continue that process to be fair to people and give them a prompt response and not say, hey, we're pausing this for two weeks until the other person signs. That also makes them feel secondary, which is not nice. Of course. It's like, oh, no, I, I'll date you if that other person doesn't reply. That's just not nice. No, no, no. That's, it's that's a, what I mean, though. That's what I mean. So, But when... you can also interview a few people and then say, all right, those get to the last step and then we choose. Or you can just... 
if so, it's a right fit, then it's a right fit. I guess my, my process is very much like a first in, first out type of situation. If I get a CV, I continue, I start a process. If I get another CV, I start that process in yeah. parallel. But in the end, whoever gets to the end first and I say yes, like not me, the, mm -hmm. the hiring manager, the team, whatever, all processes die from there. We say, we've hired another person, sorry, blah. Unless there is a very, very specific scenario where there is another person that you're really interested in and we're not sure, then I would in that, honestly, in that case, I would say don't hire the person that got to the end even. If mm -hmm. you're saying there is someone else I prefer, then maybe you don't want that person and you want to hire another person. Yeah. So you want that extra first in to come, come later to, to go into your funnel. If so, you're willing to pause something or yes. not sign or be able to lose that person, maybe maybe it's not worth it. Exactly. But yeah, reality is more complex than that. Of and course. I guess if you have maybe two or three candidates that are around the same time, then maybe you can just explain like mm -hmm. that internally there are processes and you need a couple more days and try to f f uh, finalize the process for all candidates that are qualified Okay, so we had a we had the funnel. Someone went in. Someone yeah. went out. Someone was hired. Um, anything else we want to add about the topic of hiring, the processes around that, without touching the culture stuff, which we're basically well, looking for in a later episode. So yeah, there is another topic that we both agree on. It's like uh, hire slow, fire fast, and yeah. hire responsibly, I guess, or hire right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. slow in the sense of thoughtfully. Yeah. Not um, slow in the process, as I said already. I'm into like 10 day. That's, yeah, that's where I definitely. actually want to give an offer. Um, and that is something that is uh, worth talking about, maybe even in our next episode or something. Sure. Uh, uh, but I think this is a very sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. So we should not, looking at the time and how much we've already spoken, <laughs> well, I think well. we should probably end the, our episode now and leave this to a next episode because it is very important and it is a very specific way of handling things uh, it's also controversial so maybe we can give our input on that and we have some stories to support that yeah yeah um i guess we're gonna pile some i'm not sure it's an episode worth but maybe we need to think about the concept or you actually have like shorter type of discussions yeah we can do that Something. Like not full, what, nah, forty nah. minutes or an hour, but like, uh, <laughs> like something short. We, are, uh, our, our, we uh, do our talk a raw lot. audio right now is scary because I need to edit that to something <laughs> normal later. You do all. Oh all right. my god. Okay, let's summarize what we've what we've had in this episode. Yeah. Um, so our recommendation, or at least um, our perspectives, uh, are as such. If you have a process that works for you, w do that. But don't let the process dictate exactly what you need. Be dynamic about it. Um, be aware of biases. Be aware of biases. When you hire, don't just take a template of the position. Really try to think about what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, when you actually pull the trigger, take a look if that person fits the description you've had. Right. It's really, it's really important to do that. Right. And don't do it just you. Involve yes. people that are important in this decision-making process or that would be working closely with that person, however uncomfortable this may be. Yeah, it has to be like that. And for, in my opinion, a team has to hire their, their own team members. So a hiring manager and the team, yeah. they make their voices louder than others. But if others have red flags, never hire. Those are basic, like just are the mm. basic things that we've touched upon. Um, you can use whatever process to value, uh, uh, to, to check the value or worth of a person that will add into your company. Mm -hmm. um, whatever works for you is fine. Yeah, and we'll add a link to your blog post that oh, kind of talks about lovely. your experience because yeah. it sums it up quite well. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Want to wrap it up, Yali? Yeah, well, yeah. I hope you enjoy this and yeah. stay tuned for the next ones. And I guess you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, if you have any questions or requests. Yeah, techpoint uh, underscore C on yeah. Twitter or techpointcharlie, uh, the group on Facebook. We also are techpointcharlie.blog. We have our website. You can Google us now. You yeah, can just you can write find tech us on Spotify. We're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. If you have any suggestions about topics you want us to talk about or whatever. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you.